Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Glad to have you with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, Grover Norquist is going to join me at the bottom of the hour from America's for Tax Reform to talk about the mansion Schumer, uh, Schumer plan, the tax increases in there. And one of the things they intend to do is to do a massive increase in spending for the IRS to begin auditing middle-class taxpayers. Normally, they focus on the rich. Uh, they want to audit middle-class taxpayers. Now, uh, we got to go on uh, and move to other news, including, well, uh, the cultural issue Democrats don't seem to understand. In Georgia, I saw Greg Bluestein, he's a reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, uh, highlighted an event Stacey Abrams did in Georgia with a group of women who suffered miscarriages uh, who are worried they could be prosecuted under Georgia's fetal heartbeat law. Now, uh, this is a scare tactic that the Democrats are employing. The law is very clear. Uh, miscarriages are not prosecutable. Uh, ectopic pregnancies uh, that require an abortion, they're not um, prosecutable. If the doctor uh, removes from a woman a fetus that is not viable, has no heartbeat, uh, it's not prosecutable. And the law makes it very clear. But Abrams, of course, is running on this issue because she's decided, uh, looking at Kansas, as all the Democrats have misinterpreted Kansas, that abortion is a winner for them. Well, there's a problem for them. They're missing the other issue that they don't think is a problem for them. John Fetterman is the lieutenant governor in Pennsylvania. Uh, the man has come out in defense of sanctuary cities. But he's also come out in defense of boys in girls sports. Boys in girls sports. Really. Ron DeSantis down in Florida, the Washington Examiner reports, has instructed schools in his state to ignore President Biden's new federal guidelines on inserting gender identity into school curricula and counseling. Florida public schools are forbidden by state law from indoctrinating kids with transgender ideology or attempting to transition children behind their parents' backs. DeSantis's education commissioner, Manny Diaz, has further made clear schools should not feel pressure from these federal guidelines to treat boys as if they were girls or vice versa when it comes to school sports, bathrooms, or locker rooms. So Florida schools will not bow to any mandate to feign ignorance about the reality of sex, a biological characteristic from which each person's humanity is inseparable, according to this piece uh, at the Washington Examiner. Uh, additionally, uh, they have decided in Florida to suspend... A prosecutor down in Florida, Andrew Warren, because Andrew Warren, a, he was the George Soros-funded prosecutor, decided that he would not comply with the law uh, that prohibits uh, sex changes on minors and restrictions on abortion. Ron DeSantis held a press conference earlier today on this issue. The Constitution of Florida has vested the veto power in the governor not an individual state attorneys. And so when you flagrantly violate your oath of office, when you make yourself above the law, uh, you have violated your duty 
Uh, you have neglected your duty, and you are displaying a lack of competence uh, to be able to reform those duties. And so today, we are suspending State Attorney Andrew Warren effective immediately. That's right. Uh, State Attorney Andrew Warren, he was funded by George Soros. And um, he's also one of those who refused to prosecute a lot of crimes. And so he's being suspended. Uh, one of those big issues, though, is he's just said he's not going to enforce certain Florida laws. Now, the left is spinning a yarn here. You know, one of the things that the left does, and they've actually done fairly well at this, is they take over institutions and they begin to produce studies knowing the mainstream media will not second-guess their studies. So a while back, a study came out, and it showed uh, that there's been a rise in kids, particularly in the autistic community, who identify as transgender. And the reason is what's called a social contagion. Something sweeps through society, it becomes a fad and popular, and people embrace it. Well, NBC News wants you to know that a new study in the journal Pediatrics says social contagion is not driving an increasing number of adolescents to come out as transgender. The study found that the proportion of adolescents who were assigned female at birth and have come out as transgender also has not increased, which contradicts claims that adolescents whose birth sex is female are more susceptible to the so-called external influence. Now, do you really believe this? Let me tell you, if you click through to the study, let me tell you their methodology. They used the 2017 to 2019 Youth Risk Behavior Survey in 16 states that collected gender identity data and examined the rates of bullying, victimization, and suicidality among transgender-defined youth. That's right. They only looked at data from 16 states between 2017 and 2019 that asked the question about gender identity. That's it. it says, oh, no, not, not true. Can't be true. No, must not be true. Really, that's, that's, and the media is running with it, by the way. So if the media is running with this, by the way, let, let's just acknowledge at first uh, that a whole lot of people have come out and said this is a really, really flawed methodology. And also, if you pay attention to the the first named individual in the study, you would understand that uh, someone with an agenda at Stanford University School of Medicine, uh, who focuses on uh, transgender youth and is an advocate of transgenderism, turns out someone who is a... Um, <laughs> uh, someone who is an advocate uh, finds that the study showing it's a social contagion uh, isn't true, uh, and, and their methodology is to only look at three years of data from 16 states in, in surveys that actually have the data and expand it to everyone, uh, and the, the Journal of Pediatrics allowed them to do it because the Journal of Pediatrics also has been hijacked by the wokes to do this. And, you know, people aren't buying the data other than like NBC News. They're running with the data. Most are not. The woke capture of institutions does this sort of stuff. But here's the thing, and and, and it's, it's the thing you got to understand here. Um, this is a real issue for parents. I know progressives 
like real progressives who hate Republicans. And they privately are infuriated by the issue, particularly when it comes to sports, particularly when it comes to schools. They are genuinely opposed. And in being genuinely opposed to the issue, they're not necessarily voting Republican, but they're not necessarily voting Democrat right now. They want this madness to burn through. And so they may just sit it out, knowing that by not voting, they're helping the Republicans. They're not going to cast a vote for the GOP, but they won't, don't want to help the left on this issue. And that becomes, that becomes something significant here. It becomes significant because the Democrats, they're so focused on abortion right now because of polling on it, but this is the other issue they care deeply about, and they care about mainstreaming and normalizing this. Joe Biden is advancing a Title IX change. He's not changing the law. They're changing the way the law is interpreted by the executive branch of government for purposes of giving money to schools. And one of the changes offered could make it so schools cannot block boys from being roommates with girls in college if the boys identify as girls. Now, this is also something you can tell from your own experience and that of your kids is happening in society. My daughter, I have mentioned, attended a camp at Georgia Tech for a week. It, it, it sounds like the opening of a joke. The Christian, the atheist, the Buddhist, and the Wiccan were roommates. My kid with a, an atheist, a Buddhist, and a Wiccan. The Wiccan identified as trans. Next door, by himself, was a boy who identified as a girl who they would not let room with other girls, but did not want to room with other boys because he identifies as a girl and also is a Satanist. It says it really just meant he was an extreme humanist, that we worship ourselves, there is no God. And so he called himself a Satanist to be provocative. Um, and it's a real world thing that's happening. You yourself can see this happening in society. You can talk to your kids about it. And here comes this study that shows, oh, no, this is a declining phenomenon. It's not very big to begin with. No, no, it's happening everywhere. And parents are a little alarmed about it, particularly because more and more teachers expose themselves on social media as helping kids in school cover it up becomes a real issue. Becomes a real issue. And so you have governors like Ron DeSantis who are fighting back. You got other governors around this country who are fighting back on this. And I'm telling you, there's a side issue here where the Republicans can win if they get a little smarter. School choice. You start allowing kids to escape public school systems in the nation and they go to schools where this isn't a thing and you start getting parental support in the non-white community. Black and Hispanic parents are really angered about this stuff. This is a big cultural issue for black and Hispanic parents who have to deal with these upper-income white liberals in their public schools who are going through this and then pressuring their kids, and it really, really angers them more than it does the middle-class and upper-income white parents who send their kids to nice public schools and in suburban areas where they don't have to feel like they have to send their kid to a private school. The other parents, the non-white parents who go, are really, really upset with this issue. If Republicans in these states, Texas, Georgia, and the like, would allow school choice to move forward, would embrace school choice, 
they could start a real shift to the GOP, like what happened in Florida. One of the reasons DeSantis can do this, one of the reasons DeSantis can take on Disney, one of the reasons DeSantis can take on the wokes is because he has seen the cultural shift among non-white voters towards the GOP in Florida. It's how he got elected. Andrew Gillum barely lost to him. Andrew Gillum, however, campaigned on getting rid of Jeb Bush's education reforms in Florida. Andrew Gillum campaigned on getting rid of Jeb Bush's school choice program in Florida. And enough black and Hispanic parents moved Ron DeSantis's way in 2018 in a year that was not favorable to Republicans. And he still got elected and he got elected because young black men and Hispanic moms voted for Ron DeSantis on that issue. And this is a good year for the GOP. This is a year with the economy in Iraq, Biden in the White House, Democrats getting blamed. He's going to win re-election, and he's going to improve his vote share with non-white voters. Hispanic, including non-Cuban Hispanics, that's important. Because in Florida, Cuban Hispanics tend to always vote Republican. It's the Puerto Ricans and the Central American and South American immigrants who have not, and now they are too. And it's on cultural issues about education, school choice in Florida. If Georgia Republicans, the Texas Republicans, if, if, if North Carolina Republicans and the like, if they would advance these issues, they would lock in a generation of conservative votes in the non-white community because their parents in those communities are fed up with this indoctrination nonsense in schools. DeSantis in Florida may be the only national Republican who gets it to the extent he does, and he's winning overwhelmingly in Florida in the non-white community because of it, and other Republicans around the country should pay attention. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. They're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just a great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bull and Branch where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The Bull and Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bull and Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from twin to California king you will feel the difference and they're 100 percent free from toxins no pesticides no formaldehyde no harsh chemicals get 15 percent off your first set of sheets when you use promo code eric e-r-i-c-k at bolandbranch.com that's bolandbranch b-o-l-l-a-n-d branch.com the promo code is eric e-r-i-c-k Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of the program, delighted to have you. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but um, this is worth talking about because it has real-world implications for us, even though it may seem like it doesn't. In Spain, the government there has ordered that offices, shops, and other public venues have to set their air conditioners to 27 degrees Celsius. That's roughly 80 degrees Fahrenheit. The decree will uh, stop heating from being raised above 19 degrees Celsius in 
the winter time. Uh, now that is roughly 66 degrees Fahrenheit. So in the winter time, you can't warm your house above 66 degrees. And in the summertime, you can't cool your house below 80. Now, uh, it's actually public buildings. It applies to public and commercial buildings, bars, theaters, cinemas, airports, train stations. Right now, for now, it's a recommendation to households. It's not mandatory to households. It's all because of climate change and energy, energy consumption. This is why I won't use a smart thermostat in my house unless it's connected to Apple's HomeKit program because the way HomeKit works, it's it's harder for third parties to get access. In this country, a number of power companies encourage you to put smart thermostats in and allow them access to the data. In Texas, um, it has happened where the... Uh, Power companies are going in and turning your air conditioner off when they got too many people drawing power. So you can't control it. A friend of mine who lives up in Maryland said his power company actually charges him extra each month if he does not use a smart thermostat. And if he chooses to use the smart thermostat, the electric company gets to alter his heating and cooling as they see fit. We can see where this is headed. You would think that the wise solution would be to build more power capacity, build more production, put up more lines, build more plants. In Georgia, the only active nuclear power plant project in the nation, Plant Vogel, has uh, met new metrics and benchmarks for one of its reactors. Uh, It's going along, uh, and, and we're relearning, thanks to Georgia Power down in Georgia, the nation is relearning how to use nuclear power. The nation is relearning how to build nuclear power plants. And we probably, as a people, need to be mindful of this moving forward, that we need more nuclear power in this country. Solar and wind can't cut it. Uh, Nuclear power can handle baseload, and we're not building enough, which is why we're still using coal and natural gas. If the left was real serious on this, their infrastructure plan, their plan to curb global warming, would start building nuclear power plants in every state, getting them on the power grid as quick as you could. But they're not doing that. Instead, they want you to turn off your air conditioner and sweat. And also, go eat some bugs. Not really winning solutions from the climate change crowd. Why, hello there. It is Eric Erickson here nationwide. The phone number, 877-973-7425. I'm joined by a guest, so y'all don't have to keep taking my word for this stuff. I mean, I just read his tweets and stuff and regurgitate as if it's my own anyway, because he's a genius. Uh, I'm joined by Grover Norquist from Americans for Tax Reform. Grover, how are you? I am doing well, Eric, better than the taxpayers of America. No kidding. All right. I want to ask you about the mansion stuff. uh, But before I even get into that, one of the nuances we know in this is having tried to get all of these like Venmo and the like to to report you to the IRS if you if you trade any money through it. Now they've just decided they're going to up the number of IRS agents to audit the middle class to try to squeeze some money out of people, it seems like. That is exactly what they're doing, and the IRS has been nice enough to tell us exactly that that's what they're doing. 
Biden and the Democrats, congressmen say we're going to audit rich people and big corporations. The IRS says we're going to increase audits on small businesses. So it's nice of that, the IRS at least, to tell the truth on this one. Uh, this bill, the Manchin, Manchin has agreed to $80 billion to the IRS, Internal Revenue Service, to hire 87,000 new agents, okay? You could fit every seat at the Nationals Park here in D.C., baseball and two Roman coliseums full of agents, or it's more than the entire combined personnel of all 11 U.S. aircraft carriers. It's a lot of agents. It doubles the number of people that work, more than doubles the number of people at the IRS. What are they going to do? They're going to audit small businesses. That's where they think uh, the money is. Uh, now, there also is more money in this for new offices, more offices for the IRS. The IRS recently admitted that 53% of people who work at the IRS never come to the office and that the rest come sometimes, but they wouldn't give us a percentage. <laughs> so supposedly <laughs> 53% zero of the time, 47%, uh, maybe one or 2%, maybe 90%. They're not willing to tell us what it is. They've got nothing but empty offices over there. Time to give them more money for more office space. They're also going to give them more money for cars. All the, although the inspector general looking at the IRS recently said, we don't think the cars are actually used for business reasons. Uh, question, the quote from the inspectors, questionable and missing information reported by special agents for commutes and commuting miles. Now, you try that as a small businessman to use your yeah. company car for personal business, uh, and they want to put you in the slammer and fine you. They do it, and they don't want to talk about it, uh, but they're going to get more cars. That's what, that's what this money is for, more cars, more office rent. Um, now, what, oh, there's 14 times as much money here for enforcement as opposed to taxpayer services, like not answering the phone. You know, the, the, recently they've been finding that 18 to 20 percent of the time maybe the IRS will pick up the phone when you call them. Uh, I tried to call them last uh, fall, uh, and I'd be on for hours, and then eventually sometimes you get through. And then they went to something that I think is more efficient. After 20 minutes, they told me, call back tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so, you, so that, that saved me a lot of time to, to being told after 15, 20 minutes to go to hell uh, rather than sticking on the phone for right. a couple of hours. Uh, the IRS is poorly run. It isn't doing what it says it's going to do. They have regularly announced if we only had computers, we'd be able to do this. And then every five years they say that. And then five years later they go, none of the computers work. Um, and it, it, this, this has gone on and on and on uh, where they've said we're going to solve all our problems with more computers. But the, the talent isn't there uh, to make it work. So, so why would the Democrats want to spend $80 billion with that? Well, the IRS union uh, gives 100% of its PAC funding to Democrats. The, uh, money to the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, the Senatorial Campaign Committee, the DNC, uh, and the individuals. Uh, Ralph Warnock from Georgia, you may know him. Uh, he gets $5,000. Uh, Maggie Hassan running for 10 for Maggie. Oh, Ralph's got to go complain. He only got five. Maggie <laughs> Hassan, Democrat senator in New Hampshire, she got, he, she got 10. Uh, Catherine Cortez Mesto out of uh, Nevada, all the people who are endangered are getting cash through the uh, IRS union. So if you give them $80 billion, how much of it's picked up in dues and how much of those dues go into Democratic campaigns? That explains the answer of why are they doing this? But they've used so much power on this. Remember, oh, a year and a half ago now, uh, the IRS agents stole and handed to some left-wing group, uh, ProPublica, uh, 
tens of thousands of different uh, audits. Okay, all the guts of somebody's uh, audit by the uh, IRS, which is supposed to be secret. You're not supposed to be sharing it with the world. The government's going to look at it, take your money, and, and leave you alone. This was handed out, uh, and the ProPublica used it to attack different people. Now, they could decide which people to attack. You wonder if they're having conversations about, you know, if you behave, we won't release your stuff into the ether. And if you don't, we will. And the IRS keeps telling the Senate, which keeps asking, uh, well, we know there's an investigation, but we're not quite sure who's doing it and when it's going to report. But soon we'll get back to you. So they haven't even spoken to what's happened, never mind put somebody in jail. This is a five-year go-to-jail crime for somebody at the IRS to take your data and hand it to somebody else. Or even to look at it if, if, if it's not their job. You're not supposed to look at your old girlfriend's uh, IRS uh, tax returns or you know guys down the street that you don't like. This is right. not something that you're allowed to do as an IRS agent. Yeah, it, 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 and I, I guess I mean it, depending on what Kristen Cinema does, that they they run this through, and it just it always strikes me as one of those things where you're not going to once we do this, you're not going to see a rollback if Republicans they're not going to fire the IRS agents who get in. Uh, I suspect there may be some on our side who privately are okay with the IRS upping the the. Uh, audits on small businesses. And, and meanwhile, what might be fixed if the GOP takes back is is this corporate tax increase. Uh, the number of people who seem to think corporations really pay taxes, uh, I can't believe there are that many who really believe it other than Democrats in Congress, as, as opposed to either cutting salaries or raising prices on us to make up the difference. There are different studies, but the, the average is that the studies say that about 70% of corporate income tax is paid for by workers with lower wages or fewer people hired because that's about what they spend. If you give them $100 million, they'll spend $70 million of it hiring people, the rest of building things and, and equipment and so on. Uh, and then you can somewhat see prices go up. If everybody's got the same tax burden moving up, then you can uh, raise your prices, although China will have a, you know, lower corporate income tax than us if we keep going back to where we were with the Democrats. So we are not competitive with the rest of the world. We're much better off than we were before the Republican tax cuts of, of 2017. But uh, when you add state and local corporate income taxes, we are still above most other countries in the world. We need to do better, not raise the corporate income tax, which makes us less competitive. And the way they're doing it is they're taxing those businesses that report no income. Well, why would they report no income? Because every dollar they make, they put into hiring new people and building uh, new equip plant and equipment so they don't have the money because it isn't income. It's now invested. They hope later to make money on the deal, to have a profit. But they're going to tax investing in the future at 15%, uh, which is not the way to compete with China and Europe in the world. Uh, it's really a, a, a disaster to take um, that approach. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems obvious to me that it is. And in particular, we know that they're, according to the Congressional Budget Office's own data, that uh, the purported deficit reduction part won't come until a decade in. Uh, I don't see how they really think this helps with inflation, other than that's what they tell themselves to get Joe Manchin to go along with it. The study they showed to Joe Manchin that he said proved that this reduces inflation was the Penn uh, uh, one. And that says it'll make inflation worse for two, worse for two years. And then later, eh, hard to tell either yeah. way. 
but maybe it could be a little bit lower, maybe. Um, but no, there's, there's, this, this will not help inflation. Uh, if you're worried about the price of energy, uh, keep in mind what these people are doing. They are raising a uh, $12 billion tax on oil. Uh, there is an $8 billion tax on natural gas production. And there's a $1.2 billion coal tax, okay? So you have Manchin. Some people thought he wouldn't do things because he was a moderate. I haven't seen that in him. Uh, something because he's from West Virginia. But the West Virginia Coal Association, the West Virginia Coal Association has said we are so disappointed that this guy we thought understood West Virginia's needs is pushing a bill that is this damaging. So this is a guy who is not running for election ever again in West Virginia, right. which is why he's willing to sign on to something this awful. These guys, they always seem to get more dangerous when they decide not to run for re-election. That's how we got Obamacare with the, remember, the, the supposedly pro-life Democrats who decided not to run for re-election. They're like, okay, we'll pass it. Uh, Republicans and Democrats alike in Congress seem to do that when they are no longer held accountable to the voters. We finally get to see them do what they always wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, look, as a tax guy, I find Republicans can go soggy on taxes just before they don't run for re-election. That's when we lose them. The ones with, with uh, overweening ambition never raise taxes. I like them. I yeah, want everybody absolutely. to the <laughs> Okay, let, let me I, I throw a wild card at you real quick before I let you go. At the state level, we sure. talked a lot about the federal government, but we got a lot of states out there that have gone through economic struggles. We've seen the reports that the, the states run by Republicans that opened early after COVID, they've rebounded economically, uh, and it just, I got to imagine that at the state level, though, we've got some Democratic tricks for raising taxes happening out there. I um, figured you would be the guy who would know what's going on. Well, the Democrats are doing some bad stuff, but here's the good news. Look at the red states. You have uh, Louisiana passed a 15-year phase down to zero on their uh, individual income tax. They want to phase down to zero. We have Iowa, which took their top rate from 6.8% in the next three, four years to 3.99%, and then they want to go to zero. That's Iowa, which used, it used to be a high-tax state. North Carolina spent the last 12 years taking their corporate and individual rate down to where in four years the corporate tax is gone in North Carolina. And revenue, by the way, keeps coming in more each year as they have more growth. And the individual rate is going to be phased down probably in the next six years uh, to zero as well. Georgia's taking theirs down to a 5% uh, rate, uh, which is progress. Um, but, but a flat rate, flat rate taxes are good because they're easy to reduce because everybody gets everybody benefits and they're difficult to raise because everybody gets that everybody's getting stabbed when that when that happens kentucky's passed the 10-year phase down uh, to zero on the individual rate you got the eight states uh, new hampshire four years from now they will be a zero income tax state they still tax dividends and interest there are eight states that do not tax personal income like florida and tennessee and and texas but there are another 10 that are en route to zero so we're we will have uh, half the country with no income tax in the next 20 years uh, well, that's, that's encouraging. assuming that they don't speed it up. Yeah. So that is really level, we're doing really well. Yeah. Good. Well, yeah, I knew you'd be the guy to know. Listen, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Deep, deeply insightful stuff. And uh, by the way, another metric for you for uh, the IRS, it's it's the IRS is increasing the number of people equivalent to the population of Trenton, New Jersey, the state capital of New Jersey. 
Oh, for heaven's sakes! Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I pulled that up. Yeah, the, there's some 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 city metrics for this. Yeah, they, they've got about eighty thousand people in uh, Trenton, New Jersey, and so yeah, that's that's what the IRS is doing. Double the, the double in Trenton, New Jersey, with IRS agents. That's a frightful thought. For heaven's sakes! Well, uh, yep, I, I like the uh, two to yeah. three. Roman Coliseum. Yeah, yeah, with, but you uh, see, I, I with, can't. With I mean, being in Georgia, I can't use the national stadium. This is the problem. I was hoping to give you something else. Oh dear. <laughs> I see. Okay. That's Grover, it's always good to talk to you. Take care, Eric. Take care, Grover Norquist. Uh, Grover, I mean, it just y'all think about that though. The the IRS is hiring. Uh, agents equivalent. Let me just give you some uh, comparisons here so those of you in the listening audience understand what they're doing. Um, a, a population equivalents of Sioux City, Iowa, Trenton, New Jersey, West Palm Beach, Florida, Youngstown, Ohio, Canton, Ohio, uh, Denton, Texas, Reading, Pennsylvania, uh, the, uh, the, the um, Pompano Beach, Florida. This This is the level of hiring that the IRS wants to do to target small businesses with this plan um, by Joe Manchin. Terrible, terrible idea. A good idea would be for you to go to EdenPureDeals.com and put Eric3 in as the discount code on the front page of that website because you can get three Eden Pure thunderstorms. They're air purifiers. Now, yes, it's true. They get rid of the mildew, the mold, the dust, the pollen, all that good stuff that floats in the air. They, they wipe it out. But what I love them for is they really do eliminate odors. Um, I have had some sort of chemically metallic smell on my back porch. And the other day I thought, you know what? I should just run the Eden Pure back here. And it works. It wipes it out. I've used it in hotel rooms and rental cars that had smoke or pet odors. And it works. You hold it in the palm of your hand. You can plug it in with a USB cord in a car. Or you can plug it directly into the wall like I did on the back porch. And you just set it. Forget it. Walk away for a little while. Come back. And it has wiped out odors. I use it in the kitchen after I've been frying. I will plug it in because we don't have an exhaust vent, and it gets rid of those fry odors uh, that you have in the kitchen, particularly if you fry shrimp, stuff like that. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. You put Eric3 in, E-R-I-C-K-3, no space, and you'll get three of them for less than $200, one for upstairs, downstairs, one for your kitchen or your, or your basement or your RV. You get three of them, less than $200. You're actually saving $200 as well, and you get free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is Eric3. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let me go to Natalie here. Natalie, you've got a couple minutes. Welcome. Hi. Good day. Thank you for your time. Sure. Um, I was listening to the um, appraisal of our country economically. It's obvious that our country was founded to be one on business. There's principles of business that work. There is a scripture, not to be biblical per se, but there's principles that work. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. That's Hebrews 13.5. Mm-hmm. As a business person myself, I had 20 principles of business. You know, don't tithe, one. Don't steal. Use fair weights. Let me go down the list. Don't beg. Work for your own needs and those of your family. Right. Don't live at the expense of someone else. Don't promise what you don't have. It's these are hard to do in reality, but it takes an honest heart. So the opposite of that is the love of money is what the root of all evil. We have a, a reverse in our business model. Now it's the business of bureaucrats, and bureaucrats have to go to work every day. They have a family to feed. 
but they don't have to do a lot of working. They make decisions. That's a good no, point. they work at they work at making decisions, and they feel good. This is I know someone from Washington. I'm from that area. So at the end of the day, you made you worked at making a decision, and you feel good about yourself because yeah, you worked at making it, a decision. But it's a wrong one anyway. And you, you're not making <laughs> a good. All. You're not making a service. You're not making a product. And you know this. Yeah, I'm glad you say this because it, it's also part of the problem with like private equity. Uh, and and thank you for that because what what do you do? Your your, your goal is to make money. Well, money's the byproduct of delivering a useful good or service. It's not the product itself. But when you get into uh, private equity, when you get into government, uh, when you get into, like, for example, uh, tax bureaucrats and the like, it, it, it's making money. Um, you're not providing a useful good or service. We as a nation seem to have lost that, uh, that, that capitalism is not about making money. Capitalism is about making a good or service and through it with arm's length exchanges, then the byproduct becomes your income. It was never about the money per se. It was about providing the good or service and seeing the competitive advantage by which you could make a better good or service than the other guy who's already making money. And and David can become Goliath, and once Goliath collapses, he can then rise up and be the next David. And the circle of life continues in capitalism, and government itself now picks the winners and losers with the bureaucrats in charge. And the bureaucrats aren't there to worry about you providing a good service, a good product. They're there to justify their existence within the federal bureaucracy. That's why I'm intrigued by this idea of the Republicans beginning to fire careerists in the civil service, who are nothing more than partisan hacks for the Democrats anyway. It's not a bad idea to get rid of some of these people, clean up the civil service of the federal bureaucracy, make it more streamlined and efficient. Let's do it.